and welcome back to Parked Car Convos. I'm Maddie Mitchell and I'm your host today and always because, well, quite frankly, this is literally my podcast, so who else is going to host it? Happy freaking Monday. I hope you had a beautiful weekend and also happy Halloween. Um, If you did something this weekend to celebrate Halloween, I hope you had a wonderful festive time. If you got dressed up, I'm sure you killed it. I'm sure you were slaying in your outfit. Um, and I, I just hope you had the best weekend ever. And I don't think that's too much to ask for from the universe at this point in time. Anyways, this week's episode is spooky stories. And I am so excited about this. I've done, I think just, I can't remember if I've done one or two spooky story episodes in the past. Um, but the first year of the podcast, so 2021, I did a spooky story episode and it was all about my own spooky stories because I have, in fact, had many ghost encounters and I'll, I'll get into them in a second. We can briefly kind of touch on them because I don't want to be too redundant, but this year I was lucky enough to have you guys send in your spooky stories. So I'm really excited to hear about any kind of creepy paranormal activity that you've come across because it'll, I think it'll just help us get in the holiday spirit. You know what I mean? I want to start off with a quick little call to action. Okay. And it's not, it's not what you're thinking. It's not leave a rating or review on the podcast. But since I just said that, I mean, you might as well while you're at it. We actually just got over 500 five-star reviews on Spotify. And that is like the coolest thing ever, but that's not what I'm talking about. If you follow the podcast on Instagram, which you obviously should for obvious reasons, it's at parkedcarconvos.pod. I posted last Monday for the Unpopular Opinions episode, I posted a picture of the podcast on my screen in my car. And this is something that I was like, wait, this is so cool because my car is parked when I'm taking this picture. So this is like a dual meaning. It's, it's on the one hand, it's great because it's showing people what this week's episode is and I was able to post it and it looks kind of like cute and aesthetic and it like fits the vibe of the kind of off-brand car theme that I've gone with for the show. And so I was thinking something that could be really cool is every Monday, if you happen to listen to the podcast in your car, if you wouldn't mind taking a picture of the podcast playing in your car, I would love to start posting every single Monday a picture from a listener of them listening to the podcast in their own parked car. I think that would be so cool. And I know we have we have listeners right now in all 50 of the states, which is so cool to me. I was I was missing a few for a while and I know we have so many European listeners and Canadian listeners and Australian listeners and I just think it would be so cool cuz we'd have such a wide variety of like of scenery in the background and all of that. That's something that I really want to try to do. So if you think about it, if you're listening to this on Monday or Tuesday, I guess I could push it to Tuesday too. And you're able to take a picture of the podcast. I would be so appreciative. I think this will be such a cool thing. I, you know, I love so much to incorporate you guys into this podcast as much as I can. So I think it would be really cool to like every week have a different listener photo featured on the podcast Instagram. So Thank you so much in advance. If you choose to do that, that would be really cool. And I really, really appreciate it. Um, Okay, let's jump into peak and valley of the week. My peak of the week has been that I discovered a new coffee order. And hear me out because it's actually kind of embarrassing. I, for the longest time, I've said it before on the podcast, I love Dunkin' Donuts 
pumpkin spice. I don't love Dunkin' Donuts coffee really ever. Like I, I, it's not something that I ever go out of my way to get, but during the fall when they have pumpkin spice, I am obsessed with it. Like it is my go-to fall drink. And so I would always just order like a medium iced coffee with pumpkin swirl and then oat milk. And here's the thing. Half the time it tasted like ass. It tasted like dirty, dirty trash water. And the reason for that is because a lot of the times iced coffee or probably hot coffee too from Dunkin' Donuts tastes burnt. Like it tastes crispy. It tastes a little bit well done, like overcooked. And that is disgusting. And it's so overpowering. Like the flavor of burnt coffee overpowers any anything else that's going on in the coffee. So like you can't even taste the pumpkin. Like you can't, it doesn't even taste like coffee. It just tastes burnt. And that was a real bummer for me because I would like get so excited to drink a beautiful pumpkin iced coffee and then it would taste horrible and I would take like a sip of it and then I would be so disgusted that I would throw it out. And that's just like also not the most financially responsible thing in the world. And I totally understand that. But then the other day I was in the drive-thru and they had this little sign up that was like, try our cold brew coffee. And then it dawned on me and I was like, why the fuck have I not been ordering a cold brew instead of a normal iced coffee? So then I started ordering a medium cold brew with pumpkin swirl and oat milk. And that has been a game changer. It's truly been a game changer because it never tastes burnt because cold brew in case you aren't actually familiar with what that is, is coffee that's brewed without like being cooked. So it's kind of like slow brewed over a longer period of time, but it's not like roasted at all, if that makes sense. I feel like I didn't describe that well, but the outcome has been a more consistent, beautiful pumpkin spice coffee. So that has definitely been a peak of my week because I've had really good coffee this week. And so I, I can't complain about that for, for once, for the first time in a few weeks, I can't complain about something coffee related. And I think that that is beautiful and that absolutely should be celebrated. My Valley of the week is honestly, my Valley of the week is is kind of a peak of the week too. I've been saying for so long that I want to be in my busy era, which is so kind of antithetical and goes against all of my belief systems as I'm a person who actually doesn't like doing many things that I take it back, but I don't like being busy. Like I've never been like a busy person. I'm not the person that's like always go, go, go. But recently in recent months, I've been saying that I've been like craving that. Like I just feel like I've been kind of like a volcano. I've been laying dormant for quite some time and I like need, I just have been feeling and craving. Like I want to be busy. Like I want to be go, go, go. I want to have shit to do. And then I want to do it. And So this past week has been the first week where I'm like, oh my God, I think I'm entering my busy era. I've just been really kind of nonstop this past week. And so it's been a peak and a valley because it's exciting. It's all good things that I'm like really, really excited about. And I'm honestly so happy to be in the situation that I'm in right now. But at the same time, it's just like a huge adjustment and like a huge learning curve. And so that is inherently kind of stressful and overwhelming. So it's kind of, it's a good thing. And it's, it's a good thing. And it's a good thing, but it's just hard. You know what I mean? It's just like, um, a lot all at once, which is again, what I've been asking for. So it's kind of like, okay, (laughs) here you go. Take it and run with it, bitch. And don't complain about it. That's how I feel. 
uh, present. Anyway, anyways, um, pass the ox song of the week. So funny you mentioned this because I'm recording this episode on the morning of Friday, October 27th. You know what that means. 1989 Taylor's version was released at midnight and I ate it up on my walk this morning. So good. Just so good. No notes as always for Miss Taylor Allison. I have only listened to I was listening to the album in chronological order on my walk, so I didn't get to all the songs or all the um, vault songs specifically. My favorite vault song so far, I've only listened to the first three. I've listened to Slut, Say Don't Go, and Now That We Don't Talk. Say Don't Go is my favorite so far, but I still have to listen to Suburban Legends and Is It Over Now? I'm just so excited. I also think... There's so many rumors that are that people are speculating that there's going to be like more vault tracks, which as we know, I've been saying this, I've been saying this, but a big part of this was um, that Spotify released Bad Blood featuring Kendrick Lamar instead of releasing the regular version of Bad Blood on the album. And so people are like, there has to be more. And Taylor posted that that's part of like the deluxe version, but right now that's the only song that's on the deluxe version. So obviously there's going to be more question mark. So I'm excited to see if any other surprises pop up today, re that, but I'm excited nonetheless. And I will be listening to 1989 Taylor's version all weekend without a shadow of a doubt. Okay. We are going to skip traffic report again this week. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, but I want to dive into these spooky stories. We have a lot of them to get through. And I also wanted to start by giving a brief synopsis of the spooky stories that I've experienced firsthand. Um, In case you're wondering, Maddie, do you believe in ghosts? Yes. Not only do I believe in them, I also respect them. And I think you would be foolish not to, in my own personal opinion. Of course, I definitely think that there is, to think that there could be no such thing as ghosts is so incredibly small-minded. Like, are you kidding? Have you seen the world? There abs- there's absolutely, you know, a, a possibility that they fully exist and are real. And I, I know this because I've, I've witnessed it firsthand. So let me walk you through this. It was my freshman year of college. I lived in a dorm that was had been an old seminary. Now a seminary is where priests live. Okay. When they're becoming priests, I'm pretty sure it's when they're becoming priests. I actually don't know. I think it is. It's when they're like in preschool, right? Or it's just where priests live. I don't know. Priests had lived in this building prior to it becoming a dorm at my college. So here's the thing. I think it's fairly common for people to think that their dorm is haunted if you go to like a like an older school, like a school that has older buildings. But I know for a fact that in the building I lived in my freshman year, three people had died in that building confirmed. So that made me even more like, okay, there's for sure, there's for sure a ghost, in the, at least one ghost in this building and there has to be. And I had been thinking that for so long because it was probably like a couple months into moving in. I was talking with other girls that lived in my hall and so many of them had experienced like really creepy, weird things happening and not nothing like really scary. 
just like things falling off the wall in the middle of the night, like things that, you know, had been hanging up for two months, totally fine. All of a sudden are hang or falling off the wall. Um, things randomly being like moved, like just little weird things that when you kind of added it all up and you saw that like so many other people were dealing with this, you're like, wait, this is kind of weird. It's weird that it's happening to all of us. And then I really wanted to do a Ouija board because I'm a psychopath. I'm glad I didn't as I'm able to reflect as a more mature human being. But I just was like, I felt so strongly about this. I was like, there has to be, there is a ghost in this building. And my RA knew that I was like obsessed with this idea that this building was haunted. Um, it also, it was such a, it was such a creepy building to give you some more context. So besides the fact that like hun- like, 200 priests had lived there at one point in time it was like the strangest building it obviously did not look like your typical college dorm because of this like it it was not built with that in mind so it was like the the setup of it was so weird it had its own dining hall in the building which was actually really nice and really convenient but it also had two chapels okay let me rephrase that my freshman year college dorm had two chapels in it Okay. So like very, very holy building. It was, and then it had, um, the laundry room was in the basement and it was the sketchiest. I've talked about this before. It was the sketchiest laundry room of all time. It was like, you had to go down these stairs and then you had to walk down this like dark, decrepit, like desolate hallway. Yeah, that's right. The three D's you had to walk down the triple D hallway and then you would be in the laundry room and it was just terrifying. Also, laundry rooms are so loud. You know what I mean? When like all the washers and dryers are going at the same time. So you would like be in there and you would also lose cell service down there, which was so fun because I would always like try and be on the phone with someone when I went down there. Like if I was FaceTiming my friend or something, I would try and like be like, now's a good time to go do laundry. So I have a witness in case I die. Um, And then I would always like lose service. And then you go into the sketchy laundry room and it's so loud that you can't hear people coming, which is scary. So then all of a sudden, like a person just like pops up and you're like, oh my God, I like every single time I went down there, either I scared someone or someone scared me. It was just like terrifying. But my RA, like I said, knew that I had this like fascination with uh, the fact that this building was haunted. And right before I moved out towards like the end of the year, She told me a spooky story that had been passed down amongst the RAs for years. And it is as follows. One of the priests. So like I said, three people had died in this building confirmed. Two of them were priests from back when the building was a seminary. And one of them was unfortunately a college student from like a couple years before I started school there. So that was obviously like the more recent one. And then the other two were from like years and years prior. So there's a story that that circulates that a student, so when this was a dorm, a student had gone out and he got belligerent, classic, and he being a belligerent college student decided to punch a hole in the wall. And in doing so, he like completely bloodied his hand, like his hand was like a mess because hands are not meant for punching walls. And it's so important that we as a society remember that. Anyways, him and his friend are like out in this, I, it's such a hard building to, to explain. Cause like you, whatever you're picturing, it's unfortunately wrong, but there was this like little lobby area out in the very, very front of the building. It's so far away from like where the dorm hallways are. It's actually right next to one of the chapels. 
there's this little like foyer kind of like a little entryway. And so when you walk in the front door, which isn't even the door that we would use as students to get into the building, because it's like on the total opposite side of the building, you walk in the front door and there's this like big foyer area. And then you have to like walk through another set of double doors to actually enter like the dorm. So this student who had bloodied his hand was sitting with his I don't know why I keep saying bloodied. Like that's like so dramatic. I think I'm just like in the Halloween spirit. He had like really badly injured his hand. Him and his friend are sitting in this foyer area waiting for an ambulance because the RAs caught him punching a hole in the wall and he was getting transported because he was so drunk. So they take him to a hospital and also he needed to get his wounds kind of like checked because he had punched a hole in the wall and so his hand wasn't doing well. So him and his friend and like an RA or something were, were sitting in this foyer waiting for the ambulance to get there. And this old man comes in and it's important to remember, even though it wasn't a seminary when I lived there, there were still, I think, I think it was just one, but it could have been two priests that lived in the building that were like, I don't even know how to describe this because I don't understand really what their purpose was, but they were priests with the school. I did go to a Catholic college. So that was, you know, it's all making sense, hopefully, but it was a priest with the college, like brother something. So maybe he wasn't a priest. He was a brother. I'm not sure what the difference is. Don't tell my mom. I'm kidding. She's going to listen to this, but there was a priest who lived in this building. And so as the story is told, it was like a priest that was living in the building. Like that's not out of the ordinary. So this old man comes up to this young kid and is like, oh my God, what did you, what did you do to your hand? And he's like talking to him, trying to like calm him down because this guy's like belligerent and now he's freaking out because his hand is hurt. And so this priest is like sitting there, like walking him through it. He's like, it's all going to be okay. Like, don't worry. Like you'll get it figured out. Like it's going to be fine. And is calming him down and everything. And then eventually the ambulance ends up getting there and they leave The next day, the guy who had punched a hole in the wall talks to his friend who had been with him the night before. And he's like, hey, what was the name of that guy that that was talking to us last night, that priest? And he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, the priest that came over to us and was like calming me down. That was being so helpful. And the guy's like, there was no priest. Like, what are you talking about? No one came up and talked to us. It was just us and the R.A. And so people think that it is the spirit of one of the priests who had lived there. And that to me tracks. And I love that because it's a, it's a nice friendly ghost. And I think nice friendly ghosts are the best kind. (laughs) Unpopular opinion. (laughs) A nice friendly ghost are definitely by far the best, but that is a, a crazy story that I do believe wholeheartedly. So my own experience in this building, I had a roommate for my fall semester and I lived by myself for my spring semester and I really noticed an uptick in paranormal activity my spring semester when I was living by myself how convenient but I honestly never felt unsafe in the dorm like I never felt scared really I just like noticed that there was definitely a ghost there so when I had a roommate we kept on like noticing that things were getting moved like if she had if my roommate had like a textbook in her backpack it would all of a sudden be like sitting out on her desk and she'd be like, Oh, did you, did you move my textbook? And I was like, no, why? Like literally, why would I do that? And it was like little things like that, that we just like could never explain just like random things being, but nothing big enough to make you really think like, okay, is someone fucking with us? Like what's going on? Because it's also like, okay, maybe you accidentally pulled out your book out of your bag and you like weren't paying attention. So there's so many things you could chalk it up to, but things like that started happening. And then 
one night, it's while I still had a roommate and I'm so glad that I did at this point because she, if, if I had been the only person to experience this, I would have like convinced myself that I was delusional, but we were sitting in our, we were sitting in our own bed. So like on opposite sides of the room. Right. And we were talking to each other and in between our, um, I think we had our desks in between our beds. So like it was, it was my bed, my desk, her desk, her bed, if that makes sense. And she had a lamp on like her desk. And so we're just sitting on our beds talking, not moving. Right. And all of a sudden the lamp that she has on her desk starts like wiggling back to forth, back, back to forth, back and forth. Sorry. As if, as if you like knocked into it and it's kind of like wobbling around trying to steady itself. That's what it started doing. But we had both been sitting on complete opposite sides of the room so far away from this lamp. And it all of a sudden just starts like jiggling itself back and forth. It was so scary. And we both were like, there is no explanation for that. Like the windows weren't open. There was nothing else that could have explained this lamp just deciding to move on its own. It was the craziest thing. So that was like the first time where we were like, okay, so there for sure is a ghost in this room. And that's when we went and told the other girls that lived in our hall. And then they were talking about how things had started falling off of their walls in the middle of the night. Like all these creepy things were happening. And then when I lived by myself, same thing was happening where little things were just being kind of moved and placed in weird places. But the weirdest one for me (laughs) was I took a nap one day in the middle of the day, I took a nap and I had been wearing like these like moccasins, like, uh, you know, moccasin slippers. I'd been wearing those that day, like to class and then came back to my dorm, obviously took them off, got into bed, took a nap. I wake up and my moccasins are on top of my bed, just like placed precariously, basically at where my feet were on my bed. And that was like the weirdest thing. Cause there's so many things that, again, that you can explain away where you're like, that's so weird. I thought I put this notebook here and now it's over here. And it's like, okay, that could have just been like you forgetting you did that. There is no world in which I got into my bed to take a nap. And then I take my shoes and place them on my bed. Like that did not happen. That a hundred percent didn't happen. And that actually wasn't the first time actually it wasn't, sorry, it wasn't the only time that the ghost had messed with my shoes. It had also, one day my friend um, from home was visiting me and she came into my dorm and she like kicked her, sh- she, she got onto my bed and then like kicked her shoes off. And so they just kind of like landed obviously on the floor, like kind of, you know, you know how shoes look when you just kind of like kick them off haphazardly. They just kind of like land I don't know how else to explain it, but you get what I'm saying. 10 minutes later, we look and we were the only two people in my room at the time. We look and her shoes are placed in like the center of my room perfectly next to each other as if someone is standing in them. And we both kind of collectively lost our minds. And so then I started doing research as to what that meant. Like, what does it mean to have a ghost be messing with your shoes? And I couldn't find a solid answer, but that definitely was kind of an ongoing theme. So I do fully and wholeheartedly believe in ghosts. And I honestly think that that's the culmination of everything. The fact that like, I was certainly not the only person to think that and that three people had died in the building. Like it all is just kind of adding up to me if I'm being honest. So yes, I a hundred percent believe in ghosts and I'm excited to hear your ghost stories. So without further ado, let's jump into those. 
Okay, our first listener story says, this is when I was around eight years old, so my memory is pretty foggy, but we were on a family holiday in France and I was sharing a room with my older brother who actually got so scared one night, he asked me to sleep in his bed and he's four years older than me, LOL. And so I'm pretty sure the house was haunted. Firstly, we kept hearing noises in the night running noises in the night and my parents said it was a bird question mark question mark in the walls question mark question mark question mark and to ignore it then one night I woke up randomly at like 3 a.m and was confused as to why I'd woken up anyway I got out of bed to find that the full-length mirror in our room had shattered everywhere but I didn't hear a single noise scary then in the morning my parents got annoyed at me for lying because they thought i had knocked the mirror off the wall and was too scared to admit i smashed it still to this day i have no idea why i just woke up and i have no idea how the mirror smashed my brother also has no memory of this anyway love the podcast queen um that is terrifying because hearing a full-length mirror crash would make so much that is so much noise I've never heard it myself, but I have no choice but to assume that would be so fucking loud. So that is genuinely terrifying. I, and there, it must have been a ghost and hearing running noises too. Like that's genuinely startling. I wonder if the ghost was like a child because kids run around houses and kids break things. So I'm wondering if it's a, if it's a child ghost, which are arguably the scariest kind when you really take some time to think about it. I'm excited because this next story was written in by a dear friend of mine. So let's read it. Okay. So this was back in 2012 during Hurricane Sandy and before ring cameras were a thing. I grew up in a super small town in New Hampshire on Lake Winnipesaukee that is populated in the summer, but desolate after Labor Day. I live on a quiet street and our driveway is about a third of a mile long. So you don't just stumble upon it easily. We turn off all the external lights at night, so you literally can't see our house from the road. My dad was traveling for work, so it was me, my mom, and my brother home alone. It was the day of Hurricane Sandy, so no one really left their house, and it had gotten late, so we all went to bed. At this time, I was extremely obsessed and paranoid by crime shows, so my family was quite sick of my claiming I hear a noise and other related shenanigans. However, my bedroom window faces the driveway, and I saw headlights on my wall, which was bizarre because it was so late, and it was also the hurricane, so no one was really out that night. Naturally, I get super paranoid, and I run into my parents' room to get my mom, but as I do that, someone started banging on our door rather aggressively. My mom and brother came out, and we all looked at each other not knowing what to do. The bang knocking was still happening. Luckily, our house is very secure with deadbolts, etc., so we felt decently safe, but we were all terrified. We didn't know what to do because we were worried if it was someone needing our help, but we also didn't feel right opening the door to our house because our house is so secluded and no one would drive up for help unless they knew us and called beforehand, etc. We ended up just waiting it out, and after about 10 minutes, the person eventually left, and to this day, we have no clue what or who it was. My parents asked all of their friends, my brother and I asked around school, and we never found out who it was, and although it might be dramatic, I always wonder what would have happened if we opened the door to the person. No, that is terrifying. That is actually so scary. Thank God your mom and your brother were with you because that's one of those things that like only ever happens when you're alone. I feel like it's also so scary because I feel like it must have been someone who knew your family if they knew where to find your house because it's so hard to find off the road. So it makes you wonder It makes you do a lot of pondering. Who could that have been? I'm also curious as to what 
time it was, like how late at night it was. Because there's also like a certain cutoff, I feel like, where it's like if someone's banging on your door after a certain time, like that's not socially acceptable. That's not allowed. So I wonder how late at night it was too, because that's, ew, that's so spooky. Thank God they left. And thank God for ring cameras. I really think that is such a a saving grace for so many people. Although all the time on TikTok, I see so many really, really creepy ring camera video footage of um, just like scary people coming out to people's houses and being flagrantly suspicious and odd and aggressive and scary. And so it's like as much as it's a great, it's great that they're a thing and that we can like people are able to see who's outside before they like open their door and they're also able to like take the footage to the police if they have to it like doesn't deter everyone which is kind of terrifying because if that's not going to deter them I don't know what will all right next story says this literally just happened to me today on October 9th my grandmother passed away last December I'm so sorry to hear that and her birthday is today the 9th The day she died, it was at 5.15 a.m. This morning, I woke up with a start at 5.15 on the dot, like I shot out of bed like in a cartoon. I'm historically such a deep sleeper. I've slept through fire alarms, so this never happens. I checked my phone, and the first thing on my mind was that it's her birthday and that this is the exact time that she died. I'm usually so disoriented when I wake up, so I was already thrown off that this was on my mind and that I was able to process that it was the date and the time clearest day. Anyway, I got up to use the bathroom and was still so funky and in the process of being like, this is so weird. So I texted my sister and I said, oh my God, it's grandma's birthday today. And I just woke up in shock right at the time that she died. So weird. And my sister was awake too. It was like that episode of Haunting of the Hill House where the characters wake up at 3 a.m. because their sister dies. It was so scary. But I know it was a sign from her. Specifically, my sister and I get signs from my grandma all the time. My mom says her family has powers. Anyways, it was strange you posted this prompt the day that happened. Oh, that is weird. That is so weird. I love that. I love things like that. I love hearing stories about um, people's loved ones connecting with them after they pass. And I fully and wholeheartedly believe that that is real and that that happens all the time. Actually, when my grandfather passed, it was um, also my freshman year of college. A lot of a lot of supernatural things happened that year, but he lived in Connecticut. So my family and I all went down to Connecticut, my whole uh, like mom side of the family. And the first night that, that my mom went there, she was by herself in the house. And and my grandfather had passed in in the home and my mom was there by herself with my dog and she said that my dog was acting super she just seemed to be like noticing things and in case you're unfamiliar dogs especially in animals are supposed to be able to like really be able to detect supernatural or like paranormal activity Um, and so my mom was saying that she definitely like felt that my grandfather was in the house with her that night, which I think is so cool. And then I had gone around the house to take pictures of it because we were going to sell the house. And so I wanted to take pictures of the way that everything was as it was, you know, and I went up to my grandfather's study and I had taken pictures and every single picture in his study had an orb in it. 
and orbs are those like little tiny balls of light that are that show up in pictures and it was crazy because sometimes you can pass it off as like oh it's probably because of like the lighting but it was in every single picture that I took from like so many different angles in this one particular room and I forget what color the orb was but it it was the same color in every picture and I googled what it meant and it meant that it was a person who had recently passed who was watching over their loved ones which was so cool because my entire mom's side of the family was staying in that house in his house at that point in time so that was really really cool I love things like that and I, I do think our loved ones watch us and, and are with us and are able to protect us long after they leave us which is so beautiful okay now moving on to a scary story so sorry Uh, There is a rural town about 35 minutes away from where I live in Northeast Texas. And there is a bridge there called Cry Baby Bridge. The legend is over 100 years ago, a man killed his wife and baby under the bridge. And if you go at midnight, you can hear crying. Well, a few Halloweens ago, a few friends and me decided we needed to go. We pulled to the middle of the bridge. It was pitch black. And we rolled down the windows and heard what sounded like a cry. And then when we started to back up the car, it stalled for a second. And we all screamed our heads off and freaked out. Needless to say, I have not been back. That is so spooky. I And I do believe that. I believe you wholeheartedly. I think sometimes if you go into things with like a preconceived notion... You can like convince yourself of things, but I think if all of you are hearing that and crying, like that's such a specific sound. Oh, that's so spooky. There's also, I've talked about this before in past spooky story episodes, but so I'm sorry if I'm being super repetitive, but at my college, there was this like pretty, pretty big size pond. And I want to say it was like in like the early 1900s, but it also could have been before that or it also could have been after that I'm gonna read this little blurb actually it's from my college's website which is kind of confusing I'm not sure why they're using this as advertising material but it's called the legend of blue mist the Ames pond is probably the site that claims the most stories of haunting on campus for years people have retold what has been dubbed the legend of the blue mist the story goes that young pilot Freddie Ames the son of Frederick Lothrop Ames crashed his plane into the pond Some say that a mysterious blue light appearing in the mist above the pond is that of Freddy's ghost struggling to get out of the cockpit. Furthermore, according to an article in the summit from November 7th, 2002, an alum from the class of 1965 recalls waking a little after midnight in his O'Hara Hall room and seeing a blurry figure wearing an old-fashioned pilot's uniform. Was it Freddy? While Freddy did sadly die in a plane crash, it was in Randolph, not in Easton. Oh, that's tea. Wait, so this man crashed his plane twice? (laughs) Mm. Well, piloting isn't for everyone. Is that rude? Is that insensitive? No, I think it's just a fact. But that is, that's scary. And I do, I think there's so many um, of like that specific kind of, of tale where it's like at the scene of where a crime or like an incident happened. And if you, which makes sense to me. Like logically, that makes sense that if someone dies tragically in a certain spot that you could go back to that spot and there would be some sort of paranormal energy there. Like that is making sense to me. Okay, next story says, first off, I love you and this podcast so much. Thank you. Thank you. That means so much to me. You are so funny. Oh my God, stop. Um, And that's all she said. (laughs) Thanks guys. See you next week. I'm kidding. Uh, But basically my family moved into a house in the woods. See, 
why are you living in houses in the woods? I'm kidding. I also love, I love the idea of living in a house in the woods. So peaceful, so secluded. But then, then I remember the state of the world and then I get scared. Okay. My family moved into a house in the woods. It's not in the woods alone. It's like a development of houses in the woods. Okay. That's definitely better. It's better than being a singular home alone in the woods. But basically there was a half mile long wooded area around the house. We didn't know what was past that and didn't care to. Hashtag ignorance is bliss. That is so real in these situations for sure. Eventually we started hearing weird noises like screams, awesome, and people talking around our house. Sometimes we would go out and yell, get out of here, and the screams would stop for a week or so. Okay, not them being receptive to feedback. I kind of love that. One day we saw a woman outside of our windows. She was tapping on them and my family went to see what was happening. It was a lady in a wedding dress with a weirdly realistic baby doll. We didn't know what to do and my parents called the police. Turns out there was a mental hospital beyond the woods and a storm had destroyed the fence around it. So patients were escaping. The hospital apologized and it was the last time people ever came to our house, but we still often hear screams and people in the woods at night. Nope. Nope. It's not too late to move. You can definitely move. That is so scary. It's so scary because you're like, oh, like, is it a ghost? Like, are we being haunted? And it's just like a, a live, a live human woman at your window knocking on it. That is so scary. Why was she in a wedding dress? Was she wearing a wedding dress at the mental hospital? Is it a, is it a black tie optional mental hospital? I'm confused. Doesn't that seem odd that she's in like traditional, I feel like that's so classic to see a ghost that's in like a long white dress. Like she, she wanted to spook you. And why are you still often hearing screams like that? If, if it's not, if it's not mental hospital patients in the woods because that's not a problem anymore. Where are the screams coming from? Oh my God, I'm terrified. Next story says, not really spooky, but definitely freaked me out. Okay, well, if it's not spooky, I'm not reading it. I'm kidding. Oh my God. Okay. My friend and I were going to get Korean barbecue one night about two years ago and parked in a parking structure that has one elevator. I'm always nervous about losing my car. So I take pictures of where I'm at every time I park in a large building, especially since it was a Saturday night and the parking structure was absolutely packed. So anyways, I knew where I parked and it was directly in front of the elevator. Like the elevator doors open and boom, there's my car. And I've parked in the structure multiple times before with no problems. We went down the elevator and had our food. And then when we went back up in the elevator to where my car was, the same entrance, same elevator, same floor, and the elevator doors open, the entire floor was empty. I'm... No. Oh my God. I just got chills. Not one car, not one person. We walked up and down the ramps to go to the level above and to the level below by foot to see if we were tripping or something. And there was not a single car or person in sight. Stop. Oh my God. Why did you start this story by saying not spooky? This is terrifying. Why was there no one around? Okay. 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 I'm getting ahead of myself. Then we got to the top floor and we heard echoes of children laughing. You're lying. What is your definition of spooky? If this is not spooky to you, what is your definition? Okay. We heard echoes of children laughing and running and got absolutely freaked out because there was nobody in sight. So we ran back to the floor we started at and back into the elevator. When we were in the elevator, we were kind of like, 
where do we go? Because I know for a fact, this is where I parked. So we kind of just stayed in the elevator trying to think, didn't press any buttons. So the elevator did not move. And then I was just like, no, there's no way it's not here. So I opened the doors again and I kid you not, the whole floor packed with cars and people and my car right in front of the elevator. My friend and I just looked at each other and walked to my car and didn't even talk about this encounter until months later because we still have no idea how to feel about it. Everything about this is inexplicable and it lives in my mind to this day. No, that is no. Oh my God, that is so fucking scary. Okay, so you get in the elevator, you go up to the floor, there's nothing there. You walk around floor to floor, nothing, no one, not a single person, not a single car. You go back to the floor that you started on, get in the elevator, but don't move. Decide to get out of the elevator, boom, there's your car. (gasps) Like, actually give me a reasonable, like logical, non-paranormal reason for that to happen. That is so scary. Oh my God. I don't know how you, you seem to handle that so well and so gracefully and calmly. I would not be able to say the same about myself if I were in that situation, but really good for you. Oh my God. Oh, I like have the chills. That is so scary. Okay. When my son was around three, he had a quote unquote friend named Joshi. No, no, immediately no. This is like a main holdup of mine with wanting to have children is like that they start like looking off into the distance and like saying hi to things that aren't there. Like, no, that is so terrifying. Okay. He would talk about Joshi all the time and it was mostly kept pretty light. Nothing too creepy. We did have some potentially ghost-like activity in the house around that time though. No, no, nope. Things like doors slowly opening on their own, hearing footsteps in the attic when no one was up there, things would go missing and then randomly show back up. No. Our dog would also bark down the empty hallway and not want to go down there. See, this is what I'm saying. Dogs can sense paranormal activity. Anyways, after all that, we ended up moving, not because of the ghost stuff, lol, but in the new house, my son never talked about Josh. See? I figured he grew out of it. Well, a few months after we moved in, we were in the basement and out of nowhere, my son said, Joshy is here right now. We got the fuck out of the basement and I haven't heard about him since, fingers crossed. No, that is so terrifying. Also, the fact that it's the name Joshy, like the most unassuming, you know, kind of infantile, harmless name. Joshy, oh, Joshy. Oh, good old Joshy. There's something deeply sinister about that. Oh my God. I really hope, I really hope your son does not utter that name again. You're so brave, by the way. You are literally braver than the Marines. That is, you've been through it. You've been through the ringer. Um, It's so important to remember that God does give his toughest soldiers his hardest battles. And I really hope that that is like ringing true with you today. When I was in college, my roommate went through a phase with wanting to play with a Ouija board. Yeah, same. Was I your roommate? No, I wasn't. I never actually got one. Don't worry. And the reason I didn't get one is literally because I was broke. It wasn't because I I chose not to. I fully would have. So God bless me being broke as a freshman in college because that could have been detrimental for years to come. 
Okay, she knew that I was not a fan and I had told her I didn't want that thing in our dorm room. So one morning, we both headed to the showers before class. When I got back to the room, I found the board on my bed. She walked into the room and was super confused. She admitted that she had hidden it under the blankets on hidden it under the blankets on her bed so that I wouldn't realize it was in our room. We always kept our dorm dorm room dorm room door locked when we weren't in there. No. No, that's immediately a no. Not the Ouija board moving itself. Like we can't, we can't. Once once things start to move on their own, no thank you. It's a hard no thank you from me. That is so scary. Also, I feel bad that you were like subjected to that because it like wasn't your Ouija board, but but you were there. You were just there and you had to you had to be witness to that. That's so scary. Okay, so this isn't a spooky ghost story, but it's deaf scary. So a couple of years ago, my friend Jordan and I worked at a coffee shop as baristas. One day, a customer came through the drive through line and said he had a tea house locally where he made brews and things like that and asked if we wanted to tour it. We lived in a small town and small businesses are literally everywhere, so this wasn't surprising or anything. But Jordan was majoring in journalism and she wanted to check it out, so we went. I had a bad feeling about it to begin with, but went anyways. So we started... We start following this address we were given and it takes us literally to the middle of the woods. No. Girly pop. You did that for what? You followed the directions to the middle of the woods? I'm so scared for you. And I know that this must end well enough because you wrote into the podcast, but I'm scared. Oh, I'm so scared. Okay. Um, yeah. So it takes us to, the, to literally the middle of the woods. So we call the guy and he meets us out there and guides us to a house that literally looked like a regular three-bedroom home. No. Also, just to clarify, the instructions took you to the middle of the woods where you then had to call this man and then he, what, like walked out of somewhere and then led you back to this house? Like, why didn't, why were you not able to park at the house? I'm so confused. We continue on and go inside. No, you shouldn't have. I'm so sorry, but you shouldn't have. I don't I don't typically like to judge people, but you should not have gone in that house. And I stand by that. Um, okay, we go inside and there's literally just boxes of tea everywhere. And one woman in one of the rooms just boxing and bagging tea who spoke no English at all. The guy offered us a quote unquote sample of tea. And I don't like tea anyways, so I didn't have any, but Jordan did. No, Jordan, no. Why did you do that, Jordan? We continued touring this property and he asks us if we wanted to go see the lake that's on the property. And we are very weary of it, but still continuing. Then once we are at said lake, he keeps asking us to get closer and closer to the water. No, I swear to God, I've seen an episode of Criminal Minds like this. This is so scary. This is the point where we finally decided to get the hell out of there. We both started saying we needed to leave and that we have people expecting us. He watched us walk the entire way back to our car and we had the worst vibe from him. Who knows what would have happened if we had stayed. But not long after we left, Jordan ended up feeling sick, which we assumed was from the tea. No. That is so terrifying. I'm so glad you left. I am so incredibly glad that you left when you did because that is so scary. People are so crazy. You just really cannot trust anyone. And that's something that I live by, unfortunately. Okay. This isn't my story. It's my dad's, but basically he was playing with a Ouija board with his cousin and they asked the spirit they were talking to, to prove that it was really there. 
Then a robot toy that was next to them began to move. They ran downstairs terrified and then came to their senses and realized that it was probably one of his brothers pranking him. But when they went back up to check, the toy had no batteries in it. The spirit really did move it. Nope. Hi. Yes, I'd like to order one immediately. No. Oh my God. That is so creepy. So the toy starts operating sans battery. Like that's not how technology works. This is what I'm saying. These things are just like too unexplainable. Like there is no other like rational, logical, scientific reasoning behind some of these things. There just isn't. And I really do believe that. Okay, so when I was in undergrad, I directed a camp that we affectionately nicknamed Nerd Camp because it was for high school students to come take a week of classes during the summer to see what college would be like, in particular in this program at this university. Okay. Well, the last year that I directed this camp, they discovered mold in the dorm where these high schoolers were supposed to stay. And so they switched the accommodations to a sorority house for the girls and a frat house for the guys. We, me and the college students I was directing, get the keys to these buildings and rooms less than 24 hours before these students were set to arrive. We walked into the frat house and the first thing we noticed was the smell. It smelled like something had died. Beautiful. No, beautiful. That's so nice. The next thing we see is a Confederate coat of arms inscribed on the floor in a mosaic. I'm... What? I'm so sorry. The coat of arms had snakes and sabers on it, and it looked very similar to a Confederate memorabilia from the Civil War. I'm... That is so not what I was expecting you to say. Okay. We were horrified and immediately set to work to try and defrat the house as quickly as possible by covering the insignia with a rug and scrubbing it from top to bottom. The majority of male students were assigned rooms in the basement of the frat house. So one of my colleagues, male, and I set to eradicate the smell, which by this point we realized was emanating from the basement. We found a dead and decaying raccoon down there. No. No, along with various bottles of alcohol, pentagrams carved into the walls, random Confederate army symbols scattered about, and assorted boxers and thongs stuffed into random crevices. No. Nope. That's, yeah, a hard no. It started getting dark while we were down there, and we kept hearing footsteps and began nervously joking about there being ghosts. Nope. Nope. We were the only two left in the frat house at this point as our other colleagues were setting up the classrooms and the sorority house. At one point, we heard footsteps. So we called out to see if anyone else had come back to the frat house. We got no response. We ended up getting flashlights because the overheads were so dim. No, not the dimly lit basement. No, not the dimly lit frat house basement. Nothing good can happen there. And I live by that. And I always have. We were still cleaning the basement when we heard and saw the door at the end of the hallway open heard footsteps that sounded like they were coming towards us, felt a cool breeze, and then watched the door at the other end of the hallway open up and close. Oh my God, I just got the chills. Oh my God, no. Nothing else happened while we were cleaning. Um, girl, I think that was enough. That was enough. That was more than enough. You didn't need anything else to happen. Um, but it was utterly terrifying. We looked at each other and we're like, what the fuck? And did you feel that? Neither of us had believed in ghosts or anything or been 
particularly superstitious before that. To this day, we will both swear that that frat house is haunted, and our theory is it was the ghost of a Confederate soldier. Apparently, that particular frat was started by Confederate veterans, hence the weird imagery and insignia everywhere. I know the story is probably tame on the spookiness scale, but to this day, it has me believing ghosts are real because it was utterly horrifying and terrifying. No, that is not... That's not really low on the spookiness scale. Like doors opening and closing, the cool breeze, hearing footsteps, that is kind of like a trifecta of spookiness, if you ask me. That is so terrifying. Why do these things happen? Okay, we have a couple more stories. I live in an on-campus dorm at my university and it's super fun. I love that. I love your enthusiasm. That's so beautiful. One night though, I got in bed without cleaning up my Reeboks I wore that day. So they were just thrown on the floor. Stop. This is going to be, this is giving the same vibes as the ghost experience I had already. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Okay, next morning I get out of bed and put on some clothes and realize that the same shoes have been placed on my shoe rack. Guys, I'm freaking out. This is like so similar to what happened to me. I pull them out and put one of them on and in one of them, there's one of my necklaces, one that I don't wear on the daily, perfectly placed inside the Reebok. At first I was like, okay, my roommate just wanted to put my shoes away, but the necklace I thought was weird. Anyway, I bring it up to her and she's like, no, no way. Why would I do that? So that was spooky. And she would always joke that I was haunted, but I just brushed it off. That night I take out the sweater I'm going to wear the next day and put it on one of my shelves. I wake up the next morning thinking, If something's off, there's definitely a ghost. So I have these hooks that my necklaces hang on inside of my closet. First thing, I make sure all of my necklaces are there and there is one missing. So I go over to my shoes and dig through every one and it's not there. I'm thinking, where the hell could this be? Because I'm out of ideas. Finally, decided to just put on my clothes and look for it later. As I'm grabbing my sweater, I see my necklace perfectly placed on top. No, that's so scary. This ghost is trying to help me with my outfits, LOL. So true. Your ghost used to be a stylist and it's like, no, you should definitely wear this necklace with that sweater. Oh my God. My roommate is my high school bestie and we talked about it after, but she really thought I was playing a joke. She's like, yeah, you're bonkers. This is a joke and you've lost it. And I'm over here freaking out a little. So later that day, it's time for class and I'm about to leave. So I switch my shoes and throw my Reeboks on the ground again. And I'm thinking, dang, I should take a picture of them just in case they move. Unfortunately, I decided to take a mental picture instead. Classic. We've all been there. So as expected, when me and my roommate got back, they were in the silliest position. It's so hard to describe, but I'll do my best. And if you need a picture, reach out to me and I'll send it to you because it was really weird. I have these chunky boots that were placed neatly on the floor and then my Reeboks parallel to each other, each one sideways on each of my chunky boots. Like what? Me and my roommate died laughing and we're so confused. But anyways, so far that's, that has been it. I hope you enjoyed. Okay. What is with ghosts and shoes? Do these ghosts have foot fetishes? I'm going to Google it really quick and see if I can find anything. Okay. I literally cannot find anything on like what that means. Oh my God. That was so weird. I just had been on my phone Googling that. And then I opened up my Gmail app and I just put my phone down, but like Gmail was still open and my phone just completely like exited out of the app. And it showed me back at like my, not my lock screen, but like the screen with all my apps. And then it just turned itself off. Okay. I'm 
I'm terrified. Let's read this final story and then I'll forget that any of this happened and move on with our days. Backstory, in college, I worked as the student director of the dining halls. So basically I hired students to work in the dining halls, but I worked in the office with all of the grownups who worked for the company that hired the chefs that worked in the dining halls. Whoa. Okay, that's a roller coaster. So I went to lunch with two women that worked for the company and one was new. We ate lunch in the dining hall that used to be a hospital back in the day. No, anything that used to be a hospital should not be anything else personally, in my opinion. Um, And the student workers always complained it was haunted because the basement used to be a morgue. No, like, come on. Obviously, this is going to have such strange energy. Like, no. Um, this new lady told us that she quote unquote used to be in a cult and in the cult, they taught you how to control ghosts. You just have to yell to the ghost and tell it to leave and say that it's not welcome and that it has to go. Then I found Jesus and left the cult. Okay. We love a redemption arc. Uh, and then she kept going onto a different subject before I could ask the important follow-up questions naturally. After that, I went back to my old ass apartment. It was from the 70s and I was taking a shower. My shower was across from the mirror and lights. And while I was showering, I saw a shadow past the curtain like someone had walked past. My boyfriend was staying with me and I thought it was him. I poked my head out, but no one was there. And the bathroom door was closed, but not locked. A few seconds later, everything I had on the edge of the tub on both sides of the shower fell into the tub. No. Nope. That freaked me out. I finished showering and got out and went to open the door, but I couldn't. The handle was stuck. I thought my boyfriend was on the other side, so I let go and I said, that's not funny. And then I, when I went to open the door, it opened normally. No one was in the house. Nope, 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 nope. I told all this to my boyfriend when he got home and he thought it was funny and then wanted to watch a scary movie. Oh my God, no. What kind of sense of humor is that? my god i'm just like spooking myself what is this what did i just do guys okay (laughs) i'm freaking out i don't know what just happened i'm reading these stories off of my ipad and like my whole ipad screen just like turned greenish blue and i thought i like accidentally highlighted something but i didn't okay 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 hi Oh, that was so weird. What is going on? Okay, I'm going to quickly finish the story. Um, 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 okay, he wanted to watch a scary movie. We watched Oculus, so horrifying and scary, with the lights off. Like, why did you do that? Why on earth did you do that? When it was over, I wanted the lights on. My light had a long cord to pull on it, or to pull it on and off, and was at the corner of my bed. I pulled it, and it flashed and burned out. No, I screamed, of course, and my boyfriend thought I was being silly, so he tried to turn it on, but it was blown out. So scary. I thought that maybe the ghost had followed me home. The next day, I went to change the bulb. The light that had the light had a covering that you have to screw in after you change the bulb. I did all this and the light worked. That night, when I went to turn off the light, I was standing right under it. I pulled the cord and stepped to the side not a moment too soon the light cover dropped right where I was standing and shattered I freaked and yelled you're not welcome here leave and thankfully never felt the ghost again no that's terrifying nope that's so terrifying I'm scared I'm scared for you but I'm also now kind of scared for myself oh my god everyone should go do like a nice cleanse maybe like sage your space I don't know I don't know what you need to do you can say a prayer maybe 
I really hope all of you listen to this in like the morning or like during daylight. Um, I started listening to one of my favorite podcasts, What We Said. They do a spooky stories episode every year too. And I was listening to it the other day and I made the mistake of listening to it while I was on a walk in the woods and it wasn't dark out. Obviously I'm not, I'm not that insane, but it was like getting dark out and I just couldn't handle it and I had to turn it off immediately. Um, but I guess I should have probably given you that warning at the beginning of the episode, not at the absolute end of the episode. So that is for sure my bad. Anyways, thank you so much to everyone who wrote in for this episode. I love reading your stories. I really, really do. And I hope that um, you guys like participating in these episodes. Make sure that you're following the podcast on Instagram at parkedcarconvos.pod and make sure you follow the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you get notified when I post, which is every Monday. And you can leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a rating on Spotify. And I appreciate all of it so, so, so much. So with that being said, I will chat with you next Monday. Bye.